I don't ever want to play a victim. I used to. I played the victim a lot, and that didn't serve me. And then the second I kind of got to this place where I was like, oh, my God, like, you have the power to do whatever you want. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of your podcast is, like, happiness is a choice. And, like, oh, my God, I'm choosing to be a victim. I'm choosing turmoil. I'm choosing to be miserable. Like, what if I didn't? What if I changed that narrative and I flipped that script and I said, I'm choosing happiness. I'm choosing positivity. I'm choosing to say no to the things that make me feel like shit. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. What is up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode. We have a super special guest, Madeline. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so thrilled to be here. This is going to be juicy. Hell yeah. <laughs> juicy. juicy. We have not had a juicy episode yet. Oh, I love mm. it. Ju- I love juice, juicy IPAs. Hazy, sure. juicy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Juicy sure. right up my alley. <laughs> I think he's our first guest in my house, too. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, it's usually just me, you, and Deuce. Matt, so how, this is fun. How are you doing? Dude, I'm so wonderful. It's another beautiful day to be alive. What day? Earth. What day Love is it? That. It's the best day of the year. It is the best day of the year. Do you know be what? Dotty. Do you know what time it is? It's the time to be alive. Happy hour. Happy hour is every you like hour. That? <laughs> happy <laughs> hour. Is it, this is the surprise. <laughs> this is the surprise. <laughs> every hour is happy hour. Yeah, when we're together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, this is so like cute. Modern Happiness Podcast Happy Hour. I love it. Yeah, let's go. Bottoms up. Should we cheers our water? Cheers our water. It's happy hour. Cheers, 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 everybody. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, everybody, drink your water. Mm-hmm. Water Stay is life. Hydrated. Um, all right. Shall we get into some rapid fire right now? Definitely. Lay it on me. All right. What's one thing you're grateful for? Oh, man. My community. Nice. I love my community. Like, I feel like since I moved to Colorado, I have like really found my like tribe of people Mm. that just get me, I get them. And it's just like this incredible energetic exchange of like, I see you, like you're dope. Where are you from? Chicago. Yeah. Okay. And you moved when? So I, well, I grew up in Chicago. I lived in Brooklyn for four years, went back to Chicago for two and then came out here in August of 2020 after a very spontaneous road trip. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, spontaneous road trip. Your eyes twinkled when you said that. Do we have to get into that later? We have a story. Okay. Sure. We always mm. have a story. Oh, really? <laughs> sorry. I love that. Um, Is this like you just didn't go back on the road trip? Or? Um, no. I mean, okay. should I? This is like rapid fire, right? We could go yeah. into it now. I could go into it later, whatever you want. Well, let's hold off. We'll, right, we'll, cool. get, we'll get to it. Okay. But, we'll but go, I'm with you we'll on revisit. that. I, I, I lived in New York City, including college for nine years. Nice. From Connecticut. Amazing. Yeah, I guess. But I'm with you. When I when I left there, there was something you know missing, and I always say like I loved my friends out there. My brother, he's a year older, best friends. Uh, just there was something missing, and out here the people, um, I see you, yeah. I get you, I yeah. feel you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Everything that happens in your life is like divinely timed, and it's like that served you at that point for sure until it didn't, and then you find something else. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love okay, it. next rapid fire. What is your most used emoji? Ooh. I would say the white heart. 
Ooh, okay. We yeah. get a lot of hearts on here, but very I mean, specific. why not? Love, so much love, love is everything. <laughs> yeah, I love how specific everyone is, though. Yeah. It's different. That's great. A white heart. I use the orange heart. Some brand colors. Obviously. Yeah. Duh, <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Uh, what is your walk-up song? Oh, man. I don't know if I can really nail down a walk-up song. I am definitely the kind of person that, like listens to stuff depending on the vibe like if i'm feeling like a sultry thing versus like a powerful thing versus like a i don't really want to be here thing like there's different mm. vibes i don't know if i can really like pinpoint one specific give me a song, song. for the vibe right now oh man you're walking out you're putting the headphones on to podcast holy cow i listen to a lot of underground stuff so i don't know if mm. it would resonate but um Man, I really feel on the spot. Like, this oh, is really yeah. hard. Sweating, sweating. Oh, my <gasps> God. So much pressure. Oh Gun to your head. Um, you will die if you don't answer this. <laughs> that makes, I, you know what? That I, you feel actually, wow. I actually, for someone who really, really, like, loves underground stuff, I would have to say Bigger by Beyonce. Ooh, It's nice. a good one. I don't know, but Beyonce, I'm here for it. Is it yeah, it's a yeah. really sure, good, it. deep <clears throat> meaning that, like, I don't know. It brings me to tears every oh, time I listen She was my to second it. childhood crush. Oh, who's right. your first? Britney Spears. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. Favorite book? Mm. I I feel like my favorite book is whatever I'm currently reading. So, like, right now mm. I'm reading You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I've read her. What's her original one? Just You Are a Badass, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've read that. Yeah. Good. Good things. Nice. You liking nice. it? I'm loving it. I'm but, like deep in like rewriting money stories right now. So it's, oh, I've actually read it before too. and I'm like revisiting it and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, we have a totally different perspective on this now. And that's like yeah. the joy about rereading things is you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yes. Talk about a shift. Yeah. Pick up on different things. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Absolutely. That's super cool. I actually was, uh, <laughs> I had all my books out because I made a reel uh, and I just was putting them back up on my shelf and there was two books that I kept out because they're short. Um, and I'm like, it's such a nice thing to just flip open and turn back to mm. one is dollars flow to me easily. Mm. It's like 80 pages, but that was a complete shift. Same thing, like rewriting money stories and I've been working on this for months now. Something wasn't clicking. I don't know what it was. And it's like, all of a sudden I read this book. It's literally saying the same shit that I've been hearing for however long, but the way he said it, I was like, Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, I feel like this is a, applicable for most people where it's like you hear things over and over and over and over and over again until at one point you're like oh i get it yeah and then it just clicks in and like the embodiment factor comes through and you're like okay i think it's also a right place right time like reading books some i know people will recommend a book and they're like this book changed my life i'm Mm. like ah and then maybe years later (laughs) i get back to it and i'm like oh okay now i'm ready for this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, totally. It's a Joe Dispenza one for me where he gets real deep in the meditation and all the energy and quantum field and all this stuff. And I read one, yeah, I think when I was still in New York City. And I was like, okay, like I, I hear you, but what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> but now I'm reading a different one of his book right now and I'm um, just loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Context, man. Yeah, that's Perception right. Perception and context. Yeah. What a trip. <laughs> all right. So, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my God. Okay, so... I wanted to be the editor of Vogue magazine. Wow. Ooh. Very specific. I yeah. Know. That's great. <laughs> As a very precocious little child. <laughs> what, what was it about that that you found attractive? Looking back on it, I would probably say that it was 
like me knowing and understanding my power at a young age without actually like fully understanding what that power was that like now I'm revisiting, but like in a completely different way, obviously not the fashion editor of Vogue, you know, but yeah, it's just like conceptually like being able to contribute towards, you know, beauty and, and not in a way that's like superficial, more so like a way that's like expressive and, you know, unique and individualistic and, um, you know, creating a space for people to just do that for themselves. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Last rapid fire. What is your superpower? Hmm. I have the ability to not just like see people. I see people. Like I can look at them and read their energy and have a conversation with them and be like, I get you. I understand you. And I see things in you that you don't even see in yourself. Mm. And as, as a coach, that's like one of the most beautiful gifts that I could possibly have because I can see that in someone and lead them to it so they can express it and figure it out for themselves. Interesting. Do you know you're a human design profile? I'm a generator. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Cool. I love that. I got a mini question. It's not typically part of the rapid fire, but because tomorrow is 2 22 Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your reaction. <laughs> I wanted to get your opinion on what that means to you, angel numbers in general. Yeah. So the 2-22-22 portal is basically like, this is a time to just be like super precise with like what you want. Like don't pay attention to negativity. Make sure that like you're being super precise with like, okay, I'm calling in this. I want this. This is how I'm doing it. You can make a six month plan. You can make a year long plan. Cause anything spells or words or words or spells where it's like, whatever you say will come giving this look. Mm, I feel like there's a story. Abra- behind this. Abracadabra. <laughs> Do you know what abracadabra means? No. I mean, in its literal sense. No, actually I don't. What do you think of when I say the word abracadabra? I mean, magic. Yeah. So abracadabra is actually Aramaic for with my word I create <gasps> or with I'm, my word I influence. Love that. So words are magic. Lo- Literally yes. magic. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, being super intent or intentive. What is, that's, not a, that's not a word. Intentional. Thank you. There wow. it is. Brain. We got words. there. Words are <laughs> spells, right? Um, yeah. Just being very with oneself. Oh, I like it because I'm feeling that fully Mm. and I feel like Taylor is in a different place. We were talking before you got here, uh, which is just funny. I wonder how that might resonate with certain people where Mm. I'm creating something which I'm fucking excited about and I'm like, I'm going all in on that and Mm. I'm not looking at my mentors and what they're doing and because it doesn't matter, Mm. right? I'm doing what feels good for me. Um, So hearing you say that, I'm like, let's fucking go tomorrow. I'm going to... I'm going to say something weird. But I'm going to not say something weird. Tomorrow, it's going to feel good. <laughs> wow, I mean, for the people... Always a first for the podcast. Yeah. Matt not saying something weird. I was going to say I was going to bust one out, but then I was like, oh. Well. And there it is. Well, I said it anyway. <laughs> and I would say even for the people that like aren't super clear in what they want, because let's be real, there are a ton of people out there that have no clue what they're doing with their lives. And they're like, I'm just taking it day by day. Like, for tomorrow, I think a great intention would be to just be curious about what brings you joy. Like, how can you follow that and and get clear on, you know, being curious 
in terms of how you can cultivate more of whatever brings you joy. Like you don't have to have like a definitive plan. You just have to be curious. So it's a good place to start. I, I really love that. Only thing I'm going to add, we just, our last episode was a solo one with, without a guest. And we talked about quitting and like, when's mm. the right time to quit? And very much this conversation, this is a big part of Matt and I's story of like, kind of following your gut and what makes you happy and what brings you joy. Even when it like, I have no idea where this will go. I have no totally. idea if this will make sense. And like just trying things. So love that you said that. Yeah. Um, Taylor, I really like your shirt, by the way. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank just you. noticed it. You look good in it. Solid shirt. Okay. Melon, <laughs> you are a spiritual empowerment coach. I am indeed. What the hell does that mean? It's <laughs> a fantastic question. Thank I'm you. so glad you asked. We, we only ask good questions here. <laughs> so. Buckle yeah. up, baby. So I, as a spiritual empowerment coach, like I said, I take my ability to see people and I help them create their own healing toolboxes. So there are a million and a half different healing modalities out in the world and can be really, really overwhelming to be like, I have this desire to grow and change. I know I meant for something more. I know I meant for something bigger, but have zero clue on how to actually follow through with that. And a lot of people are in their healing processes are experiencing what it's like to rewrite stories and to do that, you have to have supportive tools in place to make sure that you are doing that in a supportive way instead of just trying to like wing it and be like, oh, I don't know. So that's essentially what I do is I help people create their healing toolboxes through my intuitive nudges and basically help people come to a place where they remember who, who they are from a divine standpoint where it's like, what are you at your core? Like, who are you at your truest self without the conditioned stories that life deeply ingrains into your subconscious mind and getting people to a place where they remember who they are. You mind sharing? What are, what are some of these tools? What does this process look like? Yeah. So like I said, there's like so many different tools. I would say the most common ones are meditation, movement, um, you know, journaling, mantras, affirmations, things of that nature. But, you know, teaching people this, the secondary level of like how to actually make these things effective instead of just being like, I'm going to stare in the mirror and say, I am affirmations for four hours straight and then expect results. And it's like, well, well no, that's not how it works. Mm. So it's what can we do to have you use those tools that are also supportive in conjunction with one another. So it's like, what do you need in order to make sure that those affirmations that you're using feel aligned for you like where can we get you to a place where you deeply deeply believe these affirmations that you're saying and how can you create a sense of trust within yourself so like I said being quiet with yourself super simple it's a tool people don't even consider that that's a tool where it's like okay how can I just be like inquisitive how can I be curious how can I question literally everything um, then obviously there are things like plant medicine and, um, sound healing community structures. Like there's just, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but like, that's just like high level. Yeah. So I love this conversation. First of all, my mind is just like thinking, um, so Matt and I are both coaches. So I imagine he might be curious too. How, how does this process start? So if you have a client, do you have like a general kind of like, Oh, let's, you know, let's start here. And then from that, you kind of pick what tools to implement or what does that process look like? Yeah. So basically I, you know, through a discovery call have 
just sense of inquisition of like, okay, where do you feel like you're struggling? Like what in your life do you feel like you really, really want to improve upon? And usually once you have something big that you're like motivated to start on, then that creates a trickle effect into every single other aspect of your life. So if you're talking about like your relationship with your family, okay, let's talk about boundary setting. Like what does that look like for you and where does the discomfort come up and how can you rewrite that story of discomfort when you're setting those boundaries with people who have quite honestly harmed you in a in more ways than probably you'd like to admit. Um, so that's just like one aspect of things. And then, and I would say it's helping people create a sense of awareness around like how they're actually showing up. Like, how are you actually showing up in relationship to yourself and with others and then create a space for them to be like, Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I guess I am doing that. And then have all these other tools that be like, okay, when shit's hitting the fan, it's like, what do I reach out of my tackle box, right? Mm. Do I go for the high level stuff or do I need to like go into the second layer and be like, okay, we got to pull out the big guns. Like it's time to do like a plant medicine ceremony. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all, it's case by case. Yeah. This sounds, uh, it sounds very similar to what I do with my clients in like, maybe we have different tools and, um, I'm, I'm really curious the type of people who come to you because mm-hmm. this whole topic of figuring out like, who am I at my core is something I believe everybody needs. Couldn't and there's like more. different spectrums, like mm-hmm. even all three of us, like Matt and I have great conversations all the time. And sometimes we coach each other and it's like, sometimes I get confused, even though I like have a very strong sense of pr- purpose and that's what I help yeah. people do. And yet I still like waver sometimes. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are not aware of that or they don't realize they could have a choice to actually figure that out, right? Because I saw you said something about unlearning, which is something Mm -hmm. I love. Um, So going back to my question, the people who reach out to you, like Mm -hmm. what level of awareness or is there like, you know, shits hit the fan so they're coming to you or are they just curious? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So there are different stages of a spiritual awakening process. And a lot of people might not be aware that that's what's happening. Mm. So for the people that I typically work with is that there is some sort of pull towards learning more. They're like, I know I'm meant for something greater. I know I'm meant for something bigger. I don't understand this. I need help. My world is crumbling. Like I'm losing friendships and like I have these crazy experiences and like all of a sudden I start like getting downloads, which we can totally talk about. Mm. Um, And just it's I work with people who who know that they're meant for something bigger and also have a curiosity when it comes to things that are spiritual related. So Mm. so they're there a little bit like, yeah, you know, it's not someone's like, like my relationship with my partner is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's bit deeper. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're already on the move. Like they're already yeah. in the process of like, I, I mean, I, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So like someone who comes to you and is like, okay, I know this is what I'm experiencing. This is my current reality. I need help redefining it. And then going a little bit deeper, but also again, having the support and the tools to be able to do that. Yeah. You mentioned these tools and like, should we go after the big gun, get the big guns out or, mm-hmm. or we didn't need to go underneath and something else. And I'm kind of curious. I know you're, you're ready. You're ready to give me something, mm-hmm. but let me, let me ask. Um, 
you also sit in there like doing what feels good. Mm-hmm. And this has been coming up a lot. So I just mm-hmm. want to touch on it for myself and the conversations I've been having. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a podcast episode I did um, about business, but it's like this resistance that people feel. And I'm, I'm really settling on this idea of these two resistances, mm-hmm. one resistance where it doesn't feel good, right? We want to be aware of both these things, but we're more aware of the resistance that is hard. Mm-hmm. And, I think it takes practice to understand the difference between what doesn't feel good and what is hard. And if it's hard, we should probably lean into that, right? Maybe it's the conversation with the partner or whatever it is. Like, yeah, let's, let's explore. Let's, mm. you, you mentioned shadow work, which we'll get down, but like, let's dive into that. And it's going to be ugly and messy and gross, but that's the hard shit we need to undercover or uncover compared to the stuff that doesn't feel good. And that's the stuff we should stop doing. Mm. So I'm curious, you know, what, what are, when people work with you, and I know I'm maybe just like <laughs> bringing my ideas onto you. So if you need a second, but like, you know, what does it look like for someone to start to make that separation? Because I would say Matt three years ago, five years ago, wouldn't know the difference between what's feeling good or what's hard mm-hmm. compared to now. I have a much better sense, a sense for myself and stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that that's those two things actually go hand in hand because in order for you to act upon your joy, you have to have a deeper understanding with yourself. And when you don't have a deeper understanding of yourself, everything's kind of chaotic. So it's how can how can we create safety and security within the chaos? So, you know, a lot of people who are rewriting these stories are coming from, you know, like a trauma mindset where they're like, I have no idea which way is up. Like, I don't know how to trust myself. What do you mean? Yeah, it's simple. Trust yourself. It's like, okay, but how? Like, what does that look like? And again, it's at least my my whole thing is like, be curious, like be curious and and pay attention to how your body physically feels. Like, how are you reacting in any given situation? Like, okay. I always say that like, when you feel triggered, use that as an invitation to look inward. So if there's something that's coming up for you, be like, all right, this is an opportunity for me to question what's actually under the hood and when you peel back those layers and you ask I have you know there's a technique called the five whys where it's like okay why am I feeling this all right well maybe it's because of this okay well why do you think it is because of that well okay why because of that and usually after five whys you get to the root of whatever it is and then you can kind of say oh okay and that's when the light bulb can usually click to some degree and then you're like okay maybe this isn't actually serving me or maybe I am more uncomfortable with this than I actually thought and, and that space of in, being inquisitive creates trust within yourself. It creates a space for you to be like, okay, I've looked at this. Even if it's uncomfortable, I understand it more now. And that's, that's essentially what you move through in shadow work is being inquisitive enough to move through things instead of either like suppress them, bypass them, or like be taken over by them completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you tell me shadow work? Yeah. What is your shadow mm. and what does it mean to do shadow work? So a lot of people talk about the this idea and polarity of light versus dark. And a lot of people have this idea that like the dark is bad. And that's not necessarily the case. The dark is, I mean, you can't have the light without the dark. They are, they're, it just, that is what it is. So it's how can you befriend that shadow aspect of yourself where you might be in denial or you might show up in ways that are not necessarily healthy or you might have toxic relationships or you know you have all of these these aspects of yourself that are not pretty it's it's the the dark aspect of things where you're like oh god 
bad. I really don't want to look at that. But like that is where the gold is, you know, like a diamond happens when coal is under pressure. That is essentially what shadow work is, is it's that compression of that dirt and that coal and that, you know, that whole scientific process Mm -hmm. that like you pressurize yourself in order to turn into a diamond. And it's like people who bypass by saying love and light and like all this stuff and everything's great it's like yeah okay that's fine but like if you're skipping that you know that ugly part of yourself you're gonna have like cubic zirconium you're not gonna have a diamond do you know what I mean so it's you kind of need to go into this like ugly part of yourself and be radically honest with who you are how you're showing up what you've tolerated what your actions are and and be radically honest with where you're at in your life do you have people that really struggle with this or like won't admit it or see it and you're like it's right fucking in front of you like just all the time (laughs) um i would argue that major the majority of the world is like that like and from a spiritual standpoint we call them sleeping people (laughs) like the spiritual awakening is you awakening to your own shit it's you awakening to everything around you it's you awakening to you know, what isn't working for you and having this like inherent desire to like make changes that are for your highest good. So I love the idea of uh, like asking that, is this working for me? Mm. And you know, when you're saying this, um, what comes up for me is like the person that you would like hate to hang out with. Why? Mm. That's probably your shadow. Yes. Right. And even for me, I, I love to give personal examples just because I think it's helpful and powerful, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, one person on Instagram who, uh, you know, maybe making more money than me, but has like 300 followers. So they're showing that you can make good money with way, way less followers than yes. I have. And, and I agree, you don't need a ton of followers to make good money, but I also teach social media as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me when I see this person and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I, I don't even want to see your stories. I want to see your posts. Like, uh, so that's what a great opportunity for me to be like, all right, why, why is this triggering you? Why yes. is this so upsetting? And maybe then to ask for more whys. <laughs> exactly. That. Exactly. That's that inquisitive piece where it's like you just noticing. It's that, that space of awareness of like, okay, I'm at this point. It doesn't feel good. But like we're trying actively to feel good. So the only way to feel good is to try and understand why we feel bad. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm... I'm really curious how you got here, right? Mm. Because we were, before we started recording, we were just talking about our communities and Mm -hmm. you and Matt know each other from Archipelago, this social club in Denver. And I've been there a handful of times. And um, I think a lot of this conversation in that community is likely normal, common, right? And then some some of our listeners might be like spiritual shadow, like what are (laughs) all these empowerment? What are all these words, right? So I'm so curious because um, everything we're talking about, it's, it's, it's out there. Like I see people every single day. Mm -hmm. I know Matt sees people every single day, like struggling with these things. And I think so many, so many people are unaware or asleep, if you will. Um, but our modern society, I think is so polar opposite of this conversation, which is part of the problem. So I'm curious about your story. How did we go from Vogue to (laughs) spiritual (laughs) empowerment coach? And I'll let you fill in the gaps however you want. Yeah. I, so I am, a Jane of all trades. I've had a lot of lives within this one life. Um, I've had a lot of jobs. I've just been like seeking, 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 seeking. And looking back on it, I just, I didn't realize that's what was happening at the time. And now 
as I do reflect and I do look in the rear view mirror, I'm like, oh my God, like that makes total sense. Like you were just essentially like data collecting life. Like you were going out and having all of these different experiences. So now you can relate to people on a greater scale. Mm. You went through all of that trauma so you can relate to people on a greater scale. You was went- there something that drove that? Like trying all these things or is, you feel like that was just part of your personality? I, that's a good question. You know, I, I think that now looking back on it, I was always following my intuition, even though I didn't understand that's what it was. So there was always like a push for me to be like, that wasn't right or that didn't feel right. Or, you know, there's something more, there's something greater, like this isn't it. And one of the things that, you know, I used to get a lot of shit for was people would be like, Madeline, you never stick with anything. Just stick with one thing. And I'm like, no, just no. (laughs) I was the opposite because engineering and photography, personal training, like all this stuff. And I would beat myself up because I wasn't doing what I was told, stick to one thing and, you know, do that for the rest of my life. And I beat myself up for it. I love how you were kind of the opposite. Oh, a total opposite. (laughs) It's like for me, but like, I also felt a tremendous amount of guilt for that because it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly searching and moving and shaking and just like clamoring at all these different things to try and just figure out what felt good. And because I had gone through so much trauma in my childhood and upbringing, you know, I, I didn't know how to trust myself. I didn't know what it looked like to be secure and stable and happy. And, you know, I was just trying to figure it out by trying all of these different things. And then I eventually got to this point where I was like, okay, I'm at peace with the fact that I'm constantly on the move because it allows me to create space for me to say, you know what, I can confirm that this works for me or it doesn't. If I stick with one thing, I will never know. But if I go and I try that one thing, I can, and I totally fail at it, I'm like, all right, cool. It's a learning opportunity. Now I have to, you know, rejection is redirection. It's like, how can I take this experience and understand that it's actually serving me? This pain serves me. This turmoil serves me. This you know, incredible discomfort is serving me because I'm learning more about myself through every single one of these things. You mentioned you didn't feel security Mm. growing up and Mm -hmm. from childhood stuff. Do you feel it's easy? I think sometimes you could look back and be like, I was searching for, you know, my purpose and where it is. But maybe during that time, do you feel like you were just bouncing around because you didn't know what security was and Mm. maybe almost afraid of even getting security? Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely... There's some crossover when it comes to like acting out of a trauma mindset and following your intuition. And I think that there's, that can be like a very blurred line. Mm. Um, I choose to say that I was following my intuition because I don't ever want to play a victim. I used to, I played the victim a lot and that didn't serve me. And then the second I kind of got to this place where I was like, oh, my God, like you have the power to do whatever you want. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of your podcast is like happiness is a choice. And like, oh, my God, I'm choosing to be a victim. I'm choosing turmoil. I'm choosing to be miserable. Like, what if I didn't? What if I changed that narrative and I flipped that script and I said, I'm choosing happiness. I'm choosing positivity. I'm choosing to say no to the things that make me feel like shit. 
I love it. I love, and I love what you're saying about like trying shit because it's the cliche and it's something we say a lot on the podcast, but I know I say it. I almost cry every time I say it because I'm like the fear of being 70 and being like, holy shit, I didn't fucking try it. Mm-hmm. I should have danced more. I should have whatever, moved to Colorado. I should have mm-hmm. done the thing. That is so much scarier than just trying it now and then knowing that was good for me. That wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Now at least I know. Yeah. Okay, so what was the moment? Well, a couple of things. How did... I imagine you collected all these tools along the way mm-hmm. of your own like self-development process. Yes. And then when was the moment that you're like, I'm a spiritual empowerment coach? Ha. Huh. I <laughs> So my story I'll try and give the reader's digest version of this, but I basically I went through a incredibly incredibly difficult breakup in uh god, when was it? November of 2019. Um and I got so low, I hit my emotional rock bottom that I checked myself into a mental health treatment facility. And it was through that experience that I learned about PT. I was diagnosed with complex PTSD from childhood. And, you know, I started to really like crack open the hood and take the flashlight into the basement and be like, all right, let's down there. Let's, let's go. Like, cause you know, the only way you can go is up from here, I guess. <laughs> um, and I ended up enrolled during COVID. I was integrating all of the things that I had learned in treatment. And I actually really needed that time of solitude to like be without external influences to be like, who am I? Like, who am I? What do I enjoy? What do I like? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I was literally just programmed. And now I'm like, what the fuck is happening with life? I was like, I get to choose whatever I want. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So I ended up taking this course called How to Wild with um, Alana Mehta, who is just an incredible, incredible, incredible woman. And it completely changed my life. And it just deeply resonated with me so much. I had a, a, like a community of spiritual women that I could relate to. I had a mentor that I just intuitively went to after the breakup and I was like I need a Reiki session I don't even know what Reiki is fix this like (laughs) I will do anything to not feel this way and she was like we need to talk she's like girl you are powerful and I was like I I mean like I know but like I don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I I started to like uncover what it means to like understand myself and the associating things with the elements really helped me and helped me understand that like part of what I do is alchemy and I am an alchemist and, you know, I transform things from, you know, point A to point B from an energetic perspective. So I don't Can know you if that answers that your question. Can you define that real quick for our listeners? You're an alchemist. Yeah. So in my, in my own perspective, an alchemist is someone who works with, the elements and creates meaning behind the different elements in order to associate different thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So what I do as one of my own personal practices and one of the practices that I teach is ecstatic dance, which for those who don't know is basically just, it's a movement practice where you are not necessarily paying attention to like how your body is moving. You're experiencing how your body is moving. I feel like we should do this right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's really, really cool. But if you think about from an energetic perspective, energy is constantly in motion. So if and the body stores trauma. So if you start to move your body, and I'm, I'm 
probably don't need to tell you guys this, but like if you start to move your body, you're starting to move energetic blockages within your body to release that energy out. So that is that is how I alchemize trauma into release mm. is through dance practices by associating things with the elements. So like fire, for example, is it can either spark creativity or it could burn everything down. So it's like understanding where you are on that path of like, okay, where am I at within this journey of fire or, you know, water, the element of water, you, you know, could have like a really soothing babbling brook or a tsunami. So it's like understanding how those different elements associate with whatever you're feeling at any given time. And then using, I have, on my website, I have free playlists that you can go and use um, to kind of evoke those different emotions and like move your body with those things. Are you the fifth element? I might be. You got the red hair? I might be. You haven't been the fifth element for Halloween yet? No. Oh my God. Well, I know what you're doing this October. Maybe. Oh my Who God. Who knows? <laughs> it's super fucking cool. Can I just say, and uh, I feel like Taylor, you have such good questions, man. Um, I feel like he's got more coming, but I just want to point out you went through this breakup in 2019, COVID yeah. happened, and you fucking rock bottom broke down all this shit found a coach in 2020 we just started 2022 Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't know what people are waiting for sometimes like now you're helping people do the same thing yep and this has kind of been my what i've been preaching on my instagram to like help people become that they want to be an online coach they want to help people what they've been through but they think they need more trainings and more this i'm like no your fucking story and path and the shit you've gone through to get to where you are today Mm -hmm. could help someone your typically yourself three yes. years ago, right? How sick would it be to meet Madeline three, four, five years ago? What a mess. And coach her <laughs> with what you have now, right? <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. And you can help her. And yeah, I, don't know, I just want to point that out for people. Like you, quote unquote, haven't been coaching people for that long, no. really compared to maybe someone else. And everyone's always like, who am I to do this? This person's been doing it for 10 years. Yes. It's like, stop with this shit. Yeah, <laughs> you I, have tools to help people. Yes. I mean, I always say that like you have to be, you only have to be two steps ahead of the person that you're helping. You would rather be there. I yes. think when I, I've had so mentors who are making $10 million and I'm like, yeah, you have a hundred thousand followers. Easy for you to do this, that, and the other thing and right. whatever. Like you have, you have a team and all this stuff where like, actually I'd rather learn from someone who's making whatever quarter million dollars and had the same amount of followers as me. And like, show me how you're doing that shit. Show me someone who's active in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, this is so. This is really cool. This is kind of where I was going, um, because you didn't say that you went to spiritual empowerment coaching school, right? No. Like, nope. That's how. Uh, that's why I'm so fascinated. And it wasn't just like, okay, I'm gonna follow this career path or whatever, um, and learning that. So I'll I'll tell a story that I'll and then I'll follow up with this question. Um, there's the War of Art. Who's uh, Stephen Pressfield? Have you read that book? I have not. Hi- highly recommend. Add it to the list. Uh, he has another book called Turning Pro. And I was reading this recently. The War of Art is much better, but Turning Pro is really interesting. And he's talking about this. So he's he's a creative. He's an artist. He's a writer. Um, and he says, when you turn pro, you'll never forget where you were, right? So it's like September 11th. As soon as I said that, both of you have a thought in your head of like where you were, what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that at the beginning of the book and he says it at the end. And I'm like, huh, Turning Pro. Have I turned pro yet? <laughs> like, I don't know. And then as I'm reading and he's giving examples, all of a sudden I knew when it happened and I'm a life coach Yep. and I grew up in a world where you go to college, you get the degree, marriage, kids, like the whole thing. Right. And never was life coaching or half the things that I'm doing an actual like thought. 
And I was doing this for a long time, probably for a year. And I was like hesitant to call myself a life coach because I'm like, what does this mean? There's all these like weird, whatever. And then one day I was mountain biking with friends in Winter Park and there was another mutual friend who was also a life coach. Mm -hmm. And we were just chatting, having great conversation. And she's like, so you're a life coach. And I said, yeah. And from that moment, I just, I just like took it on. I'm like, this is my identity and like everything changed. I just like owned it. I was like, I'm going to teach people what a life coach is. So kind of going back to, I'm super curious for you. Like you went through all this and Mm -hmm. I won't go into my story, but very similar, like a different version of rock bottom. I was like, can you actually do what you love and make good money and all these things? And I signed up for a course and I got coaching and then, Mm -hmm. you know, it it sounds very similar, but when for you was the moment where you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I do. Was it, and was it challenging to like step into that yes and now I'm realizing I'm like I didn't answer your question the first time around so yeah (laughs) I I had been opening up my intuitive channels if you will during this course and I was just kind of in this space of like allowing myself to understand that like I am I am a psychic like I am clairaudient I am a little bit clairvoyant I'm incredibly claircognizant which I can go into detail about what those things are I knew, um, I knew a Claire once yeah <laughs> all right not my best joke keep going, keep going. <laughs> that was that was worth the interruption <laughs> it was it's great we laughed I laughed <laughs> okay good um yeah so it was just more so me understanding that like I have these abilities and embracing them instead of being terrified of them because I have always had them and I, when I moved to Colorado, I talk about portals. It was on the Lionsgate portal, which was in August of, it's always in August, like August 8th or 9th or I don't know. Qu- don't quote me on that. Stephen Pressfield has a book called The Lionsgate. Mm. So that's kind of weird that that just happened. Synchronicity. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was sitting in meditation and I just got this incredibly crystal clear download where it was like, I just wrote this entire paragraph of like, you are this, 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 and this. You will do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Because I, so I do something called automatic writing where basically like I'll put pen to paper and then automatically I'm like a channel to source energy, which is higher than me, higher power, crazy psychic shit. Mm -hmm. So I start writing and then all of a sudden my guides come through me in my own hand and I'll start writing and it's like my hand is not my own and I'm like I don't know where this is coming from but I'm just gonna roll with it and I went back and I reread it and I was like holy shit it's like yup that's gonna be a full fuck yes for me so it's you know one of those things that you know talk about following joy and just having clarity um that was that was a moment for me that I was like okay I'm doing it I'm going all in and I literally quit my job the next day and was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, I am doing this. And there is no no turning back. I love that. Okay, if you don't, you said in the intake form we could get weird. Yeah. I would love to dive into this because I imagine our listeners are like, they've got a foot in personal development, but a lot of the things we're talking about might be new. So talk to me about psychic, like... Downloads. This could be some weird shit for people. Like, what, you're getting messages yeah. from somewhere yeah. and like... yeah. Yeah, maybe you could just talk through that. Sure. So (laughs) this is funny because this is also part of my journey. So for anyone who is listening who feels like they just know things, (laughs) you're not alone. (laughs) Um, You probably do. Yeah. Well, I am of the belief that like everybody's a little bit psychic. Like everybody uses their intuition. That is what a psychic ability is. Everybody is connected to a divine infinite source. 
I believe, party of one. Also, I want to be very clear that there is a distinction between religion and spirituality. So religion is typically organized, developed by man in order to make sense of things that they can't. Whereas spirituality is trying to understand yourself and remember who you are as a divine infinite being from an energetic standpoint. So I love those definitions. Yeah, that's great. So when it comes to being spiritual, it is finding something that is bigger than yourself. So I'll give probably a digestible answer where AA, for example, it's a Catholic organization. The second step, they say, you know, you find a higher power. And I was a Catholic. And when I was in treatment, that was like part of the program, even though I didn't identify with having an addiction to anything. And I just got so stuck on that one thing where it was like they mentioned God. And I was like, I have trauma from going to Catholic school. I was like, I can't get behind this. And then at one point it clicked for me where I was like, oh, my God, it has nothing to do with God. Like in my book, I'm like, Jesus Christ was just a powerful psychic who was just completely connected to source, who just like understood shit, the unknown, if you will. Um, so, yeah, there and there's I would argue that there are a lot of spiritual people out there that one, either have no idea that they're sp- spiritual or two are and are terrified of the judgment that they will receive from saying things like, I just know shit. I just can see things happening from a mile away. I've got this Jiminy Cricket in my head that's telling me to do specific things like, don't go in that building, or maybe you should stop dating this person. And you ignore it because you don't trust that it's real. I really just want to touch on this because I think this is powerful. Um, So I actually, I grew up in the church. I moved to Colorado to help start a church. And there's some weird shit in the church, uh-huh. organized religion. I'm oh, no yeah. longer a part of organized religion. And I've been to Kenya and I've seen some weird stuff. And But it's so common, mm-hmm. right? It's so common, all this like weird shit. And then for some reason, this conversation, I imagine for a lot of people is like, or like you're saying, there's people out there who are like afraid because totally. it's like, you know, not, not the status quo, right? Like having these conversations and it, it's just interesting in this world we live in where, you got to fit into camps yes. instead of just like exploring and being curious. Yep. So I just, I want to throw that out there. Um, so how was that you, it was really the recovery that you feel like you kind of like stepped into this or was that part of this process? It was absolutely part of the process. Cause in, in a spiritual awakening, there's always a breakdown. There's always going to be some sort of a rock bottom where you're like, okay, Literally, shit is hitting the fan. I don't know which way is up, and I don't have anywhere else to go but to just, like, just clamor at anything that makes sense. For some people, that's spirituality. For some people, that's finding a community in, like, CrossFit, like we were talking about earlier. You know, there's there's definitely different things that relate to different people, and if spirituality is your jam, then cool. And if it's not, that's okay, too. Like, that's totally fine. I'm not here to like sell you on anything. I'm just saying what like has worked for me and what I know has worked for a lot of people. Spirituality is just something that, again, it's it's kind of like a tool. Like if we think about the fact that like there's no such thing as time and there's, you know, time and space are like irrelevant and, you know, we're now getting like super into it. But it's it's just it's tr- 
all of these things, all of these things in life, like religion and governments and um, all of these societal upbringings, they're just stories. They're literally just stories. So it's, you know, our subconscious minds, we're, we're trying to inherently keep ourselves safe at any given moment. And the thing that we know to be safe is what's familiar. So what, what is familiar is the stories that are passed down to us, the, the social conditioning that is passed down to us. It's like, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. And then all of a sudden you get to this point where you're like, but this doesn't work for me. And then you start to get curious about like, okay, well, what else is out there? And like, that has been essentially like my own journey of just being inquisitive. Yeah. You, you said there's a bunch of times I've heard this before. Uh, remember who you are. Yep. Can you just touch on like, what does that mean to remember who you are? So if we talk about our, I am a believer that like our souls chose to be here, like upstairs in the ether, you know, before we all got here in our human meat suits, you know, we signed soul contracts of being like, okay, you're going to be this person. You're going to be this person's father. You're going to play this role. You're going to have this life. You're going to do this, 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 and this. And it's our, you know, if you think about the fact that like babies are inherently born perfect, they don't have stories. They don't have shit. Right. So like it's the things that are pushed upon them that create this almost like mask of who they are, because that's the only thing that parents can do. Like parents, the only thing they can do is inherently make sure that their child is safe. But as we grow up, our versions of safety can differ from that of which we learned. So how can we create a space of safety with who we are as that inherently divine, perfect soul that came here the day we were born? What does that mean? Who are we? What are we here to actually accomplish with removing all of the things that we have been taught? You remember who you are? I'm learning. I think we're always learning. Every, you know, I, going back to your point earlier about like, me being completely just hitting rock bottom in 2019 to the point now where I'm actually coaching people. Like I made the choice to make healing my full-time job. I made the choice to do this work for myself and everything that I'm doing now as a result is just a byproduct of me remembering who I am and understanding what the beauty is in that and allowing other people the space to remember that for themselves. Does that have any correlation to purpose? I think so in my personal opinion, I think everyone's purpose is to raise collective consciousness. It is to create space for people to be curious about who they are as an individual, how they contribute to society, how they show up for themselves and others. And you do that by remaining conscious at all times. But that doesn't come inherent to people. So the more inquisitive you can be with your own life and the more you heal and the more you grow, the more impact you have on other people. I went through a very long period of time where I just wanted to fix people. I wanted to help them. I'm like, if only you did this, if only you did this. And then I got to this point where I'm like, that doesn't actually work. Like now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, if you want this, please come take it. Like I can help you. Absolutely. 
or if you want to be miserable, that's your journey. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be a part of your journey. And that's a choice that you are making. So come on in. The water is warm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, and that's where things get difficult, where it's like, okay, yeah, things do fall away. People do fall away. Situations do fall away. But that is because you're following what you know to be true for yourself. And unfortunately, which feels very uncomfortable, that doesn't mean that everybody gets to come along for the ride. Is there an end point to all this, to mm. remembering who you are, you know, signing this sole contract that if I have this right, you're signing this contract to like, you need to learn some shit. If you get to learn everything, do you come back again? Does your soul continue and you got to come back or mm. even on this human journey, you know, you get to fuck oh, 70 years old. Like, I figured it all out. I'm all set. Yeah. I mean, there's. Oh my God, there's so many different directions I could take this question. Um, so there are, obviously we have this lifetime, which we're just doing our best to just like figure shit out. That's what anyone's ever trying to do. I don't think that, and if I, I'm, I'm of the, the belief that if you meet someone that says that they've figured shit out, they're lying. <laughs> like there's, you just, no, just no. Like you have to be in this place of like, I know nothing and everything at the same time. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing. What I think I know, I don't know shit about. And it's, I think that's kind of the beauty and the joy of life. And, you know, one of the things that I personally have been focusing on recently is, um, I'll, I'll turn this into a story. So a couple months ago, I was put in a position, I had a medical scare where I was, literally put in a position to like question my own death and like contemplate my own death. And I'm like, what would that look like? Like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not scared of death. I'm like, I'm, I'm not even from this fucking planet. Like I'm like, send me back home. Being a human sucks. Most people would be like being a human sucks. Right. And then I started working with a coach who shed this light on, on things. And she's like, Madeline, everything that you are, you know, learning about and growing about and are struggling with, you know, they're all very human related things. She's like, you're incredibly connected to, you know, source energy. Like you can have a conversation with the angels, the guides, whatever, like you basically, I'm basically a medium. So like, she's like, but you forget the beauty of what it's like to be a human being. Like you forget that like source energy can't feel, it can't touch, it can't smell, it can't have pleasure, it can't emote, it can't do any of these things. And like being a human is so fucking cool. Like it's so cool that like if you literally strip back all of the bullshit that you are labeling yourself to have and you victimize yourself and you're just like, I'm a human being in this meat suit, walking around, I don't know shit, and I get to stop and smell the flowers, and I get to put my feet on the earth, and I get to laugh my ass off with my friends, and I get to, I get to do all of these things. Like, that is an incredible perspective shift on what it means to be joyful versus struggle. Hmm. I've, been, I've been loving this idea of, of, like, this is it. This is it. This is the, the game. Yes. Like, there is probably as far as we know like there is no figuring out there's no ending mm -mm. i mean obviously death but who knows what's beyond that but like this is it the hard times yeah. like it's so hard to think this when you're in the hard times mm -hmm. but that's what makes those good times great mm -hmm. like you said the, sh the dark and the light like there has to be the polarity otherwise 
it would be all nothing and blah. But like, yeah, we get to like how we get boring to, would that yeah, be? Yeah, we get to love. <laughs> and we get to feel this yeah, shit. Yeah, totally. And, and that's just the stuff that's gonna set you up for the next thing, whatever it is. You know, Absolutely. The, the heartbreak up that you went through in 2019 allowed you to then break down, find this. Holy shit, you're like living more in your purpose than you ever have been in your entire life. Yep. And how sick is that? But we know 2019 was probably really fucking hard for you. Oh, it sucked. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> but like there's, there is now a part of me where I've, I've worked through enough of this where I'm grateful. Like I'm so grateful that I met him. I'm so grateful that I broke up with him. I'm so grateful that I experienced such profound heartbreak that it led me to doing everything that I'm doing now. I'm thankful for all of the people that cause trauma. I'm thankful for the bullies. I'm thankful for the naysayers. I'm thankful for all of the people that are like, you can't do this. And I'm like, <laughs> watch me, you know? So it's, 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 everything is about perspective, right? It's like, I can choose to sit here and be a bit a victim and be like, he fucking slammed the door in my face and never spoke to me again. I, you know, I was, you know, abused in such and such a way. I was bullied in such and such a way. And it's like, yeah, okay, you can live by that. But like, is that serving you? Bam. That's what I was going to say. Is that serving you? No. Of course not. No. But it is hard, right? It's still hard. You know, in those moments, in those yeah. tough times. Well, like one of the things that I'm, I'm, I love teaching my clients is like, have intention behind your emotions. You want to feel like shit, go ahead and feel like shit. But know what the intention is behind it. If you give yourself space to feel the things that you need to feel, that's you sitting in your shadow. That's you moving through your shadow. That's the polarity of the light and the dark. If you're going through a really hard time and, you know, people are throwing all this love and light at you, you'd be like, everything's going to be fine. Just be like, bitch, no, like I am in this right now. Let me be in this and then I will get out of it. You know, like it, I know this is temporary. And even if you're in a place where you're like, I don't feel like this is temporary. Like just it's easier said than done when you're like really, really, really in it. But if you push yourself just a little bit, if you give yourself a breadcrumb, it doesn't have to be so big. Nothing has to be big. It's just one step at a time. It's just the next breadcrumb. It's just following that tiny little spark of joy. That makes all the difference. Okay. I love this. I'm super curious because I imagine a lot of people are like, how, are, okay. But like, really, are you, are you grateful you met him? Are you grateful you went through that heartbreak? Are you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you've done a lot of work. Yeah. Like you've done a lot of shit to get here. Mm -hmm. And so you said something earlier for spiritual awakening. There has to be a breakdown. Mm. Does I don't know if okay. there has to be okay. like, that's what I'm curious about. Okay. Like, so I feel like that is resonant for a lot of people. And then there are some people that it just gradually happens over time. I don't feel like I've gone like a depressive Not state. Not everyone hits a rock bottom. Taylor mentioned that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had yeah. a rock well, bottom. Okay. Moment. Let me, let me maybe, there's a quote that I love that says when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, mm -hmm. then we will change. Yes. Like I'm curious. And this is partly like as a coach and you talked about some people are not ready to work with you. Right. right. Like, but I think we would all agree it doesn't have to be broke in order to fix it. No. Right. And we're all, but I, I'm curious because, like, to a lot of people, this is new. Mm -hmm. So, like, how could someone who maybe hasn't had that breakthrough point, which again doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like this catastrophic, catastrophic event, um, how could they get started? Like, what, what does it take? Because 
there's also this is this ongoing debate Matt and I have had. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And again, I, I do yeah. believe people have to be ready to receive yes. that. But also like sometimes I'm like, man, it, you're, you're so close. Like you're so close. Can we like, how can, and so I'm just curious your thoughts on like all of this. In terms of like from a coaching perspective or from like someone else's perspective, like stepping into some sort uh, of like I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it could be both. I mean, I think more, more so from like maybe someone listening who is mm. like, okay, I hear you, Madeline, like, that's cool. And like, I'd like to be there, but like, I just don't see it. Mm. But they're, they're not at a point of like, okay. Cause I know like for me, I, I mean, my rock bottom, I, I wouldn't say it was catastrophic, but I was like, all right, I signed up for a program that I never would have signed up for if I hadn't got to that place in my life. Right. right? So like something happened. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm curious for people who are like, I don't know. I feel like we have listeners. We have friends that we talk to who like, they're aware that like, there's more. There's something better, but they're just like not pulling the trigger or that just something isn't working. Yeah. And I think that that's a place where a lot of people are right now is they recognize they're like, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And I don't know what to do. Mm. This isn't working for me, but, 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 but there's always these excuses of, you know, I can't, but I can't quit my job, but I can't get divorced, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I, you know, one of the things that I always say is like, we were talking about words are powerful. You're lit, you're literally programming your own subconscious mind every single time you say a word with an apostrophe T Mm. every time. So if there is even the slightest bit of discomfort, again, going back to that curiosity, I would say self-awareness is the first place to start the bare, bare, bare minimum. Get curious. Why isn't this working for you? Not how can I fix this? It's why isn't this working? Mm. So there's a very large difference between that because people are inherently trying to just find solutions. They want to be like, I'm done with this. I want to fix it. 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 And it's like, okay, yeah, you can fix this by being radically honest with yourself. What does that look like? What does that look like if you were to all of a sudden quit your job? Is that do your does your fear of, you know, your scarcity mindset of money come up? Does that fear of judgment of others come up? Does that, you know, instability fear come up? Like getting very clear with where your shadow aspects are of those ugly parts that are connected to whatever's sitting in front of you. Yeah. I love that. I don't, I don't think people are asking the right questions and they're very yeah. much unfocused on what they don't want to happen. Right. Right. Instead of, okay, what do I want? Or kind of like you said, a mentor of mine always asks, cause people are like, Oh, I can't do this. Or what if it doesn't work out? Well, what if it does? Totally. And then just like sit with that mm-hmm. and you learn a lot and you'll yeah. learn a lot about yourself. But it's even hard to conceptualize that if you're like really in the thick of it. Yeah. Like it's really hard to conceptualize like, what if it does work out? Like, I don't know, like I literally can't even, I can't even fathom what it would be like because I've been so stuck in this shithole for so long that I don't even know what it looks like to be happy. I don't know what it looks like to be thriving. I don't know what it looks like to make a shit ton of money. I'm just surviving at this point. Mm. So where you can get radically honest with yourself is learning what isn't working for you and why okay kind of switching gears 
Uh, I've been curious about this. I know Matt has. You said I have basically rewritten my entire nervous system. <laughs> yep. Tell me more. So, okay. I first want to clarify that, like, I am not an NLP practitioner. Um, I have worked with NLP practitioners. And for those that don't know, it's um, neuro-linguistic is it programming or processing? See, I don't yeah, even know. Programming. programming. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically I have gotten to this place where I have had, have been in fight, flight, or freeze pretty much my entire life and was in an incredibly reactive state at all times. That's exhausting. <laughs> so the more... I started to learn about why I was uncomfortable and where the discomfort was coming from and how past trauma has affected me. I gave myself the space to feel through the things that I didn't feel at the time the trauma was happening. So if we if we think about trauma loops, okay, I'll use an animal as an example. Let's say like a gazelle is getting chased by a cheetah. They're inherently in fight. They're literally in flight, right? Have you read why zebras don't get ulcers? No. I feel like you're about to give my story, but I use a zebra. So okay. continue. Cool. Continue. <laughs> so the gazelle is being chased. They're in flight mode. You'll see them go and shake off, right? That physical shaking is literally expelling energy of trauma out of the animal's body. Humans don't do that. So humans will suppress, 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 and all of that trauma gets stored in the body because we're not taught how to emote. Babies emote, right? Babies cry when they need to cry. They laugh when they want to laugh. They scream when they want to scream. And at some point during our growth process, we're told no, 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 no. You can't feel this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You should be seen and not heard. How many of us have heard that one before, right? So when you suppress all of these things, your nervous system is just like piling up the shit internally. And then when you get to the point where you start to understand that there, this embodiment piece of you can conceptually understand something, you can conceptually move through something, but you still have the physical aspect to move through. So that's why using things like dance practices, you're allowing your nervous system to feel what it needs to feel. So like I'll I'll give an example of like I recognize that like I had this bullying wound that was just like on repeat internally. And then I was like, okay, what would it be like if I went back, relived that situation in my mind and closed that trauma loop and felt what I needed to feel at that time? And scream into the ether of what I wanted to actually say. And allow myself the space to feel and complete whatever that was. And then it usually will come in the form of like cry, like ugly crying and like physically shaking. And, you know, our bodies are intelligent. And a lot of times people will like start to like physically convulse. And that's literally energy expelling out of the body. And people are like, oh, I'm having an exorcism. I don't know what's happening. It's like, just allow, allow, just allow space for allowance, right? So our, 
when it comes to rewriting the nervous system, it's literally, I have literally gone back and just relived situations in my mind in order to close those loops. I have redone inner child reparenting meditations where you go in and you're like, I am so sorry that you experienced that. That sucks. And I'm here as an empowered adult to tell you that you're safe now, that everything is okay. You didn't need to go through that. You didn't need to experience that. You didn't have to go through that. And I'm so sorry. And then you kind of like allow that inner child to like feel what they need to feel and and move through it that way. So that those are just, I mean, these are just some ways that I personally have moved through these things and like I can help coach people through. Um, it's more of like a holistic approach, whereas, you know, there are practices like NLP and tapping and tapping's dope. Tapping's awesome. Um, I've been doing some tapping. Yeah. Tapping's incredible. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty wild. But yeah, those are just some ways that I've literally had to go back and been like, okay, well, I can't rewrite any of these stories without first knowing what they are, which is why I said being inquisitive is always the first step. Have you done that? I think it's called conscious breath work. Mm-hmm. Claudia re- yeah. uh, went. Oh yeah. my! It's wild. Fuck. So she's gonna be on the podcast again. I just reach out to her to schedule. Uh, so I hope you guys get to hear this thing. But um, yeah, I did this breath work. Uh, I won't explain how it works, but like basically laying down and like had like the rigor mortis in my hands. Yep. And then Tetany. throughout that's what's called. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I and then um, I can't remember what for, what came first. I journaled about it, so I got to go back and read that. But like. All of a sudden, I just started like laughing, and I just felt so fucking proud of myself. I've been divorced. I had I like when I moved out, we were sharing the dog, and then I just ended up giving her the dog because we couldn't keep sharing it forever. And um, there was a moment where like I cried in my brother's uh, guest room in Newport, Rhode Island. But like I don't know if I ever felt it or like I don't know. And I was just laying there in his breath work and just fucking crying and I'm like or no I think it was laughing first and I'm just like giggling I'm like I, I fucking don't remember I gotta read it but like giggling and crying I know both things happen like laughing and then I just all of a sudden started screaming and like mm-hmm. I was just so proud of myself I'm like dude you've gone through some shit and like you're strong and you're fucking awesome and like just to like I know there's like I was just like Bleh! and like screaming and yeah the giggling I just unconsciously giggling and then tears going down my face and I was like whoa like I just fucking feel like I fully experienced that for the first time. So yes. you explain this. I'm like, whoa, um, that's what was happening. And yep. it was just so powerful. I, like I'd never felt that before. And it, it was such a freeing moment to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I'm just cool. Like felt it. And now I can just be myself. I call that an energetic purge. Mm. It's like an energetic release. It's like, you know, your trauma is stored in the body you have to find a way to release it. Otherwise you're just going to keep repeating this crap over and over and over again. If we didn't learn how to suppress it, would we like the healthy way? Would we just Mm. cry when we need to cry, scream when we need to scream, laugh and all those things kind of like a baby. Interesting. The world would be a very interesting place. (laughs) (laughs) Grocery line, people are crying. This dude's laughing in the corner. Like what the hell's happening over here? (laughs) Also, how would you, I'm curious, how would you define trauma? Because, I actually just read The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, God. So I'm reading it right now. Um, I imagine, though, a lot of people think of trauma as this huge... Capital T catastro- trauma. Yeah, catastrophic yeah. event. So I don't know if you just have any thoughts on like what trauma... Maybe some examples. Like- yeah. So the non-clinical version and my own two cents on this is that, you know, they're when people 
talk about trauma, it doesn't have to be big T capital trauma, meaning it doesn't have to be sexual abuse. It doesn't have to be abuse. It doesn't have to be a catastrophic event. It doesn't have to be, you know, a natural disaster. It doesn't have to be any of those things. It can be. It very much can be. And trauma can be the way you were spoken to as a child. Hmm. Trauma can be the experiences of being unheard or unseen or it's, you know, trauma is unique to every single individual. So if anything feels out of place and feels, you know, it doesn't resonate with you, it can create a sense of discomfort and trauma within the body. So no, you don't have to go through big T capital trauma in order to experience it. But all those literal like microaggressions that happen, that shit adds up, right? For every time you're told you're stupid as a kid, for every time you're told to be seen, not heard, for every time that you're, you know bullied by a coach on a sports field. You know what I mean? Like it's that shit adds up. It creates these neural pathways within your brain and these belief systems that don't align. Right. And that's, that's literally the unwriting of these stories and this, this trauma of, you know, I've been taught to be something that I'm not, and that has created trauma. So now I have to relive this trauma in order for me to rewrite that story to become who I am. Yeah, I love it just because it gives people permission. Like, I haven't, ha- I haven't had it at as bad. I haven't has had it as bad as them. Mm. So mm. I shouldn't. What am I to complain about? Yeah, and I know there are a lot of people that fall in that bucket, and it's like, no, Mm-mm. we're done with that. Yeah, <laughs> we're done with the comparison of literally everything. Right now, we're in such a culture of comparing everything, 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 everything. And it's like, okay, what if you were to like remove yourself from everyone else? You were to just step in your own little bubble and be like, okay, what's true for me? Like, what if I wasn't comparing myself? What if I wasn't, you know, saying like, okay, this person experienced this. Yes, that sucks. And you know what? What if they did have big T capital trauma and it didn't have as large of an impact? Like I look at like experiences and I'll use my my brother as an example. There are specific things that like we both experienced at the same time growing up, but it didn't impact him the same way it impacted me. And that's a perfect example about how everyone has their own unique lens. Everyone has their own experiences. Everyone has their own perception about their own reality. So it's like, how are you internalizing that? Yeah, That's what creates trauma. Okay, so I'm curious. This is, you, you may or may not have thought about this before, but we talked about babies crying. You know, we have trauma. There's a lot, you know, in our world of like, you know, inner child work and like unlearning things mm-hmm. and then releasing this trauma. And you talked about the gazelle and shaking. And so I imagine in our modern world with just all the intricacies that we have, it's likely not possible to not have any trauma, right? We, we are not just like animals looking to eat and mate and whatever. That being said, I'm curious, like, what could we do different? Mm. Are there things, you know, like, and Matt, kind of like Matt was saying, like, should we just cry? Should we not? Like, or, you know, have you thought of any ways to facilitate? Or like, if you're a parent one day, like, you know, so that it doesn't have to be done as on a deeper level or... Yeah, I mean, I am uh, <laughs> I'm a believer that every single parent fucks up their child in some way, shape, or form, no matter mm. what. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a parent you are, you are going to fuck up your kid no matter what. Maybe a little bit more than others at some points, but, like, that's part of, like, being a conscious human being and conscious parenting, which I, I'm not a parent, so, like, I can't really speak to this, but, you know, 
just having this deep understanding that like everybody has their own experiences and understanding like, okay, this is my experience. This is what I am going through right now. I recognize that within myself and I recognize that you are going through the same thing as I am in a completely different way because you are your own person. So like if I have these healing modalities or I have these viewpoints and I project that onto someone, I'm teaching someone to fall into another label, into another category, into another bucket instead of saying, okay, cast a wide net. Here are all these tools. Pick, pick something. Pick something that resonates with you. Pick something that makes you feel good, that makes you understand that like this is your true self. Like who, who are you? And that exploratory phase is, it's a lonely one. It absolutely is a lonely one. You can have a community. You can have coaches. You can have, you know, all of these tools and books and podcasts and all these other things that help open and expand your mind. But that's the only thing it's doing. You're the one who has to follow through with it. I like that. I think uh, I think that's a cool perspective of if you are a parent or going to be a parent, like that awareness of knowing, hey, I'm going to fuck up my kid. Mm-hmm. Because then you can realize like, okay, like we can have these open, honest conversations. We can yeah. talk about things. We can, you know, have that open dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, I've, I've seen some conscious parenting and it's, it's really incredible. And I'm, you know, I think about like my own experience and like how I was spoken to as a child. And I'm not just talking about like my parents, like I don't want to like throw them under the bus or anything. It's like literally like adults as a collective treating children how they're, you know, generationally things change. Mm. And now when you, when you look at like a, like even me not being a parent and I see a child, I'm like, I'm going to talk to you like you're a small adult. You know what I mean? Like you're a person. I'm not going to baby you. Like, you know, you probably know more than I do at this (laughs) point. So yeah, I'm so fucked up that (laughs) you're less fucked up. You probably crushed a six year old (laughs) little boy, you know, I you mean, how many times have you looked at a kid and you're just kind of like, yo, man, you're crushing it. Like, you're just out, like, playing, yeah, having a yeah. great time. Like, they know themselves better. Living. They know what they like. <laughs> they know what they don't like. There's, there's this story of my dad playing playing soccer when my brother was, like, I don't know, two, three years old. And uh, he's on the sidelines and he just, like, rips his clothes off and starts sprinting around naked. Perfect. I'm like, fucking love that. No yeah. judgment. Just this is what feels good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's p- honestly like I would even argue that like part of the healing process is getting back to that childlike state. I was going to say yeah. it's kids and like 80 year old, you know, people, they can just do whatever the fuck they want. That's I, somehow I, we got to find our way in the middle. I, I mean, yeah, everyone I can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. It's just like, okay, what are the consequences of it? Well, yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like when you see an old person, you're like, fucking old people are so weird. It's like, no, they just don't care what you think anymore. So they're going to do whatever they want. Totally. I don't know. I feel like I'm a 33 year old in like a 90 year old's body. I'm like, I just don't care what you think. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's it's so fun. I love navigating that for myself with social media and showing up a bit differently. And yeah, you know, uh, it's fun. And yeah, I don't I don't care. I was having this conversation with a client. He just signed on, and he's like, <laughs> he he's telling me he's like, yeah, you know, people are saying like not to not to say fuck and like not to like be myself. And I'm like, I, I wanted to get him to realize like who's saying that, and and I was I was wondering if I could get him to see like, oh, they're just projecting. Mm. And I'm like, who's saying that? And he's like, well, like. My wife is super supportive. He's like, uh, like no one's saying that. 
I'm like, no one's telling you not to swear. And he's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I see now that I'm telling myself and I'm holding myself back. And I'm like, wow, that was, that was a fun moment right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like that, that's what it is a lot of, you know, of social of what, conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to kind of wrap up, I know you said, you know, if you could talk about one thing on the podcast, what would mm. it be? Hard question. I know you said consciousness. Mm. I feel like we've been talking about that. We have indeed. <laughs> but if you could say, you know, I don't know, wh- where do you like consciousness? What does it mean mm. to be conscious? Hey, you wanted to talk to about me, this. I know. I know. <laughs> I did. And I feel like this is such a broad topic and we have been talking about it because consciousness is kind of, it's not just one thing. It's a multitude of things. It is the act of being self-aware of being vulnerable and being curious. And when you can create a nice little bundle of self-awareness, vulnerability, and curiosity, you can start to understand how you're showing up and what's serving you and what isn't and how to redirect as a result of that. Self-awareness, curiosity, and vulnerability. Vulnerability. And then what about love? I feel like love inherently happens through as a byproduct of all of those things. Mm, nice. Yeah. I feel like that's the ultimate feeling. Yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you think about self-awareness, that is an act of self-love. Being inquisitive is an act of self-love. Being vulnerable is an act of self-love. And when you do those things and you do those for yourself, you're allowing space for you to like understand who you are as a person. And when you allow space for someone else to do that, that is the ultimate state of consciousness where it's like, here I am in my own bubble and I am also recognizing that everyone around me is also in their own bubbles So it's not about me being here and you being there. It's about me being here, you being there, and where can we meet in the middle with what we know about ourselves, where we're being vulnerable, and how we're showing up in curiosity in our own lives. Awesome. I love that. Uh, Last question for me. We talked about a lot of things. What what piece of advice Mm. would you give our listeners? Oh man, where to even start? Yeah, it could be you anything. Only get one, one piece of advice. Could, uh, Come work with me. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah. Um, one piece of advice. Or how about this? What's maybe a common thread you've seen with a lot of people that you worked with? There's a significant but, lack of trust in oneself, and I would say that if you ever get an intuitive nudge or you ever get a gut feeling, follow it, even if it's uncomfortable. Mm. Love it. Especially if it's uncomfortable. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Trust yourself. Mm. Oh, we just think everything's going to go wrong. Yeah. But it's like, I think again, another theme coming up. It's like you, you think, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow when we're guaranteed to not have any idea what's going to happen tomorrow. However, you put, you might be pretty pretty spot on if you keep doing the shit you're doing. 
if you're unhappy, you keep going to the same job and taking the same route to work and coming home and eating the same meal and having the same conversations and sitting down, rewatching The Office for the hundredth time, you're probably going to be pretty close to what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And if you're unhappy, then what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? You're going to continue to be unhappy. Totally. So it's like, yeah, shake shit up and trust yourself. Pres- the present is my safe place. If I'm worrying about the future or I'm holding on to the past, I am doing the disservice of experiencing what's happening in the moment right now. And if I know what is happening in the moment right now is the only thing to be true for me because I can't change the past. I have zero clue what's happening in the future. The only thing I can do is follow what feels good for me at this very moment. And if you follow this moment, followed by what feels good in the next moment, follows by what feels good in the next moment, one day you're going to wake up and look in the rearview mirror and be like, holy shit. (laughs) Mm. Wow. Wow. Like I am doing it. Like if I sat and, you know, I have an incredible gratitude practice, you know, a lot of times people don't even understand what they have created and what they have cultivated for themselves because they're in this state of everything's terrible and it's like no it's really not like you've created some pretty dope shit in your life look at that yeah appreciate that be grateful for that be grateful for this moment you know there's a quote i love that says uh happy life is just stringing together a bunch of happy moments and so i love what you said of like totally being true. present and there's also something you said earlier i wanted to touch on but we were kind of in conversation i saw uh i heard this from deepak chopra He's our guy, so got to shout him out. What's up, Deepak? Uh, the other day, but like to, um, if you're feeling emotions or something and to bring yourself to the present moment of, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it's like, find three things that you can smell. Mm-hmm. Find three things that you can touch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what are three different things you can see or hear? And I was like, that's a cool kind of like to pull yourself out of and like be present. But that's yeah, a grounding technique. Yeah, that's something that's really been coming up for me is like being present. Like in the moment like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think it's so easy in our, our world to like be somewhere else. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's that curiosity piece. How am I feeling right now? What serves me right now? Does this thought serve me or does it not serve me? How can I, you know, and if I am feeling a little scatterbrained, that grounding technique of like, okay, name three things that I can see, smell, touch, and hear. Right back to present. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious. We've gone long, so I appreciate your time. That story that you mentioned. Which one? <laughs> I don't know. We started the podcast about uh, the ro- story road of road trip. Road trip. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so I, <laughs> so I was in Chicago, in my tiny little 210 square foot micro studio in the middle of the pandemic, swiping on Hinge as one does, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I ended up meeting this guy. And we like hung out at the park a couple of times and he randomly was like, I think I'm going to drive out to Colorado. And I was like, do you want a road trip, buddy? And he was like, wait, are you serious? And I was like, yes. He was like, how fast can you pack a bag? I was like, give me 20 minutes. (laughs) So he literally came and he picked me up and we drove from Chicago, stopped in Nebraska somewhere and then came the rest of the way. I spent the time with my family who lives here. He did his things with his friends and I was outside in the backyard at one point at my dad's place. And I was like, why don't I live here? It's like, why don't I live here? And then made our trek back. We're still friends. I saw him not long. Actually, like last week he was in town. And 
he was like the catalyst for me to like actually pull the trigger and move out here. And it's like, these are those intuitive nudges where it's like, hmm, I wonder what that would be like. Is it stupid? Maybe. Could it be a great story? Also, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's how I ended up coming out here. And I literally, I went back to Chicago. I packed up all my stuff and I was here a month later. Mm. I love it. I, it's so good. Should I say it? I don't know why I rode my bike cross country uh, 2016 and this was the start of everything. How was I not even thinking that? Yeah. <laughs> I got a $2 bill in the back of my phone. I'll put it. We actually have a bike jar up here every time I mention the bike trip. So, um, I, you know, I love this. You know, like a so swear jar, but $2, for $2 yeah, in there. $2 <laughs> it's like, uh, the douchebag jar from new girl. Yeah. Yes. New girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, when I tell people about it, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I cannot pinpoint why I did it. I can't remember. Like I had to do it. Had to do it. I told my boss, I remember telling my boss, like, I'm going to move in with my girlfriend. We're going to get married. I'm going to have kids. Like, life's going to pass me by. I need to do this now. This is the time. But, like, I was not searching for something. I don't think. I mean, it's a quarter life crisis, but I'm like, I can't keep doing this job. But it was just like, I I can't remember the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, bike cross country. That's a reasonable idea. But I just did it. And then I planned for it and I fucking went for it. And it changed my life forever and it's like what you're saying it's like that's the nudge to like this is a perfect example of how people are paying attention to their intuition without even realizing it yeah yeah there are so many moments in every single human being's life where like if you were to truly look in the rearview mirror and be like i don't know what possessed me to do Mm -hmm. that but like it changed the course of everything Mm -hmm. like that was your that was your intuition yeah Pay attention to these things, people. They're not there for no reason. Yeah, tr- <laughs> yeah. that's why you said trust yourself. It's, yeah. It's interesting. The opposite of that is I was coaching at Colorado State University. I was a strength coach, and I got a job offer at Clemson, and I knew I didn't want to do it. Mm. And all the coaches I worked for were like, you're great at this. You need to do it. My parents are like, oh, my dad went to school at Clemson. So it's like yeah. my parents, like my friend, every, it's so prestigious. It's uh-huh. this power five school. And I remember telling people, I, like, I had a pre-interview and I was like, I think they're going to offer me. I don't want to go. And then sure enough, I go and I'm miserable and all this stuff. And I don't regret it because it's led me all here, but, um, it was so strong, but I was, as you said earlier, I was so afraid to just trust it mm-hmm. because nothing else in the world made sense other than that feeling. Totally. But now having done that enough. So that's why I think, I don't know if you would agree. A lot of things we talked about, it's a practice, right? Doing these things, grounding, like being present, like you got to start and then you do it again and you get better and you know the feeling and you know the sensations. And yeah, I would say to like wrap the whole thing up. I'll put it in a bow for us. Let's do it. Um, Okay. So if you consider your guides, God, the divine, the universe, whatever you want to call it, is upstairs with a silver platter of all of the things that you desire. And they're literally standing here with arms open being like, please come take this. Please Mm. come get this. You can have it. It is on us to trust ourselves to take the next step. And by trusting yourself, you are literally on a fast track to go and get whatever's on that silver platter. Or you can take the detour which is still scenic. It's still beautiful. It still has its own lessons. It's going to take a little bit longer, but you're still going to end up where you want to go. So learning to trust yourself. If you want to take that detour, take the detour. You're going to learn some shit. If you want to fast track, go for it. That's cool too. It's all about choices and how you're going to show up for yourself. And that's, that's basically it. Like you can have everything. It's just how you choose to show up in order to get there. 
cheat code to the game of life. Trust yep. yourself. Yeah. I love it. I really love it. So if people fucking love this, I love this. If people want to work with you, uh, where can they find you? Where's the best place to go? Uh, it'll obviously be in the show notes, but hit them with it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so if you want to work with me, you can go to MadelineDawn.com. It's M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E-D-A-W-N.com. Um, also on Instagram at MadelineDawn underscore underscore. Um, I am actually starting a emotional freedom mastermind at the end of March, um, which I'm now accepting applications for, which is super exciting. It's kind of taking everything that we talked about today and getting like really specific with it, with your own, with your own life in a group of like-minded individuals. So if you're looking for that sense of community, it's really, really powerful to have that. Um, I'm also working on a woo 101 course. Um, so yeah, that's, that's in the pipeline. Um, you can get on my mailing list, um, via my website for news and pre-launch updates about that. Um, that kind of goes through everything from like the basics, mind, body, spirit, and the integration and going through like every single detail within those things. Um, and then also one-on-one coaching, um, if that's something that you feel called to. So, yeah. I love it. It's, yeah. It's a woo one. Woo 101. Woo one. Oh, fuck. Oh, I had something there. Zero, <laughs> zero woo. I was trying to say zero woo, but 101. Anyway, um, you also mentioned us. You're going to start a podcast. I am. Yeah. This is still like very like infant phase of like conception. So yeah, I will be starting a podcast. Name is TBD. Um, but basically the, the precipice is that I will be interviewing a whole bunch of really incredible thought leaders and specialists within their own healing art fields. Um, so whether that be sex and intimacy, sound healing, psychedelics, um, you know, shamanism, anything of that nature, I'm just going to go for it hard, hard in the paint, you know? Love it. Just love it. Yeah. If you love get this. Get into the detailed version of everything. Yeah. Keep your eye out. I'm yeah. sure you'll be announcing on Instagram and stuff. So I absolutely will. Whenever it's ready. Awesome. Yep. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yay. We this long, is so fun. This might be one of our longest podcasts. Oh God, but I have a tendency I to do that to, with <laughs> No, I mean, other podcasts same. And they're like, I've cut it in two episodes. I'm like, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> one nice long episode. <laughs> the people who need to hear it will stay for it. So. Awesome. Yeah, love it's it. been super fun. Love it, love it. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. you guys are amazing. Thank you. All right. Until next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.